A to Z of college recruiting. This is the show where you'll learn about the latest tips and tricks on how to maximize your scholarship opportunities tenfold. You'll learn the hows, whys, and what's of college recruitment and scholarships. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the IM360 podcast, the show where we give you the latest tips and tricks on how to maximize your collegiate and scholarship opportunities in North America. Matt Wade, your host, back with you again for another awesome episode, uh, episode 107. Uh, and we're, today we're going to talk about where is the best university in the United States? 107, where is the best university in the U.S.? I think everybody wants to know that. Um, you know, it's, it's a topic that um, we, we have discussed at, in bits and pieces uh, in, in past episodes, but uh, today we're, we're just going to, we're going to put it all out there. Uh, we're we're going to tell you where the best university in the United States is. All right. So episode 107, all about where the best university in the United States is. Um, if you if you're listening to us on YouTube, all right, remember it's a shortened version. Um, and if you want to get the full episode of the podcast, be sure that you jump on any of the, uh, the podcast apps, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Podcast Now, etc., etc. We're on all of them. Um, but if you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit the red subscribe button so that uh, you get the latest updates of all the information that we release um, out to IM360 Nation. Um, but also on iTunes uh, and, and all the other podcast apps, be sure, give us your star ratings, um, give us some feedback, all right? All that stuff helps us to stay the number one show in the world with respect to anything relating to college recruitment in North America, which is a big deal, right? And, and you guys are all a part of that. So please subscribe, give us your likes, give us your ratings, give us your feedback, all that helps. But um, We'll be right back with episode 107, Where is the Best University in the United States? I'm going to tell you right after this. All right, so let's get straight into it. Episode 107, Where is the Best University in the U.S.? Well, look, I think that's a, that's a pretty important question. Um, but the, probably a more important question is... Where's the best university in the U.S. for you? All right, because it's not just about the best university, you know. Like, like there, uh, but I think a lot of people get caught up with searching for the best university in the United States or the best soccer university in the United States, the best, you know, performing arts university in the United States, the best visual arts university in the United States. The, you know, the the, yeah, like. The, the highest ranked university in the United States. Um, and, and look, people, like, that, that's not a, that's, there's nothing wrong with doing that search, right? But, but in reality, that's a very broad search, right? Like, just looking for the best university, yeah, like, that's going to give you results, but is, is that going to be the best university for you? All right, like, like that, because, because that's the real question. It's not about going to the best university. Like, like, yeah, I mean, if, if you are academically suited and, and, and all other things like that you're suitable to, you know, what on paper is the best university in the United States, then, then great. But if you're not suitable to that university, then all that, that Google search and that information is absolutely pointless because it's about what's the best university in the United States for you. Um, but, but again, like I said, people, it's not, 
I think a lot of international families uh, and, and prospective international students get really carried away and caught up um, with, with looking for the best universities by their, their global rankings, um, their graduation rates, you know, whether they're Ivy League schools or, or, or not. Um, you know, again, Google searches for, you know, the, the best university for soccer or the best university for basketball, or the best university for golf or the best university for this or that. Like, um, but, but again, it, it, that, that's all well and good as long as that, that you complement those types of universities. Because if you don't, then you're, you're just wasting your time. You should be, you know, putting your research into finding the universities or colleges that are, are going to be best for you based on, on, on your things. So, um, look, and I can't, I can't blame international families and we can't blame international families for, you know, for, for, for searching for things in the United States in, in the same way that they, you know, they, they research things in their own country because that, that's just human nature. You, you, you know, you look for things that, that, that are familiar to you. Um, but in reality, like the way that education works in the United States compared to the way university education works in, in the majority of other countries around the world is, is different. So the fact that you're taking the same approach to your research in, in the States as, as what you would in, in looking at universities in your own country is, is wrong, right? So, so if you're going to be, you know, doing research in your own country, then yeah, you, you may look at, at, at rankings, you know, if, if that's, if that's the way that, that depicts differences between institutions. Um, but, but if you're going to do that in the United States, then, then you, firstly, the, 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 the scale at which you're doing research is completely different. Um, because you're talking about four and a half thousand different colleges that are offering post-secondary qualifications to nearly any qualification that you could possibly imagine. All right. And, and that's a huge, huge undertaking when it comes to narrowing down four and a half thousand schools to the ones that, that, that are the best for you. And, and, and just asking the question, well, what's the best university for soccer? All right. That, that's not going to get you to that answer. It, it's going to tell you the best soccer teams, but, but do you fit into that based on your own abilities? Plus, you know, the, the entire academic side of that university, right? So, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, like, I, I guess if you, if somebody were to Google, you know, what, what are the best, what's the best university in the United States, right? This is just an example. You, you know, Harvard University is going to come up in, the, in, in those results, all right? Um, yes, Harvard may be arguably one of the best universities in the United States, if not the world in some particular areas, but is it the best university for you? Is it the right learning environment for you? Will you be able to to compete or perform? Um, is, is it is is that going to be cost effective for you know the the budget and and the the annual expenditures that you and your family are willing to to, to spend? You know, and and that's where the answer may be no. Even even though they're a great university, it may the answer still may be no because it's about what's going to be the best university for you. And, and all the things that, that complement, you know, what makes you a unique and individual applicant. Um, you know, and, and, and yeah, I, I guess w- why it's different in the United States, right, is, is because undergraduate coursework is facilitated differently in the United States, right? Um, there, there are a thousand different ways 
to, to get an undergraduate degree, all right, which, which is up to a bachelor's degree. You, you could go to a university and you could do all four years in that university. Great. Get a bachelor's degree in four years. All right. You could go to a four-year college, do all four years in that, in that, that same institution, and, and at the end of that four years, get a bachelor's degree. All right. But you can also, you can go two years at, at one school and two years at another, or, or you can be like me and do one semester at one school, transfer, do two years at another school, and then transfer all of that to another school and, and, and finish off your education by doing it in three different schools. All right. Well, well how is that possible, Matt? You know, how, how is that possible? And, 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 and how, you know, can you ever, you know, look at, look at a school's rankings and the type of experience that you're going to get if, if you just bounce around and do it in, in three different schools or, well, well because it, Again, it's just a, it's a different system that, that you know, is, is really unique compared to, like I said, the majority of international universities and, and, and countries out there offering, you know, their, their, their citizens' university studies. It's just it's a different way of doing things. But the, I think the biggest thing that, that most people get caught up with is a global ranking. All right. What, what's the global ranking of the university? Because I want to go to a school that's got a high global ranking. Well, well, firstly, it's understanding what a global ranking is even derived from, all right? And, and global rankings, when it comes to universities, are 100% based on the, their, their postgraduate studies, all right? So, so not undergraduate studies, not up to a bachelor's degree, but postgraduate studies, master's degrees, doctorate, PhD, you know, the, the, that, that's what makes a university a university is their postgraduate qualifications, all right, and, and, and a global ranking is derived from the amount of postgraduate research that a university does and, and, and how much of that research is published in professional journals and, 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 and things a, a, around the world, right? So, so why is Harvard University um, one of the, the highest ranked universities in the world? Well, because they do a lot of research in, in, in medical fields, as well as law, as well as, you know, professional industries. And a lot of that research is published for, for the world to see. The more people that see that, the more notoriety that it, that it provides for that university. You know, same thing with, you know, Oxford in the UK. Um, same thing with, you know, you could say that with University of Melbourne and um, Monash University in, 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 in Australia, plus, you know, University of Sydney. I'm not leaving any, any big major university out of, of this example, all right, because all global rankings are derived in the exact same way. It's the amount of, of postgraduate research that is done and published in professional journals and documents for, for you know, say like Johns Hopkins University, right? Lead the world in terms of medical research because... And, and, and they're, they're globally ranked one of the highest when it comes to medical research because of that. All right. So, so those, those are where your global rankings come from. And, and you'll notice that I didn't say anything about that university, their undergraduate coursework, because, you know, schools are not ranked based on their undergraduate coursework. Um, you know, schools like a, a ranking doesn't have any reference whatsoever to the, the, the actual learning environment in the, in the first four years, all right, when it, when it comes to that ranking, right? Like, the, like up, up to the point of a bachelor's degree, 
Like I said, rankings don't don't mean anything. And when you look at the United States, you you can see that you know there there are, yes there are a bunch of universities across the United States, but there are also four year colleges and junior colleges. Um, and so you know you, you probably have more four year colleges and junior colleges in the United States than than straight up universities. All right, so so therefore, the majority of schools in the United States won't even hold a global ranking. You know, a four-year college won't even have a global ranking because they don't have uh, postgraduate studies. They're not doing any postgraduate research. They're not publishing any postgraduate articles or, or, or anything in, in, in journals based on the research that they're doing in, in with their master's degrees and doctorates and PhDs and, you know, and... And yeah, because there's no research and because they don't offer postgraduate coursework, they're not going to have a ranking. You know, they're not, they're not going to have a global ranking. And, and if that's what you're basing your research on, then, then you're, you're, not even, you're not even scratching the surface of, of, of everything that's out there that, that could potentially be an unbelievable opportunity for you. All right. So, so again, I, I think, yeah. You know, it's it's understanding what a global ranking is derived from, um, and, and and understanding that a global ranking does not tell you the best university in in the United States. It, like I said, it could tell you the best university in the United States on paper, but but that does has nothing to do with with you, all right? And and how you compare with that school, if because it, it could you know yes they may be a great school, but it may not be a great school for you. And in the next section, I'm going to talk about all those different variables that, that make a school a, a great university or great college for you. So we'll be right back. All right. So I, I feel like you get my point. All right. It's, it's not about just searching for what's the best university in the United States for any, any particular reason. Right. It, it's about doing research and looking into things that, that complement you and, and and it's not about just finding the best universities out there, but the best universities that complement you and, and what you bring to the table. Um, and, and we'll we'll talk about all those things. But getting a little bit more into where the United States does things a little bit differently, right? Is that like I said, they, they with with all the different kinds of schools, universities, four year colleges, two year colleges, right? There 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 are an a, an astounding number of ways. To, to get to a bachelor's degree in four years, right? I, I mentioned it a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to talk about my own personal experience through college, and, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that that will allow all you listeners to, to make more sense of things. Um, but, but really what makes the United States unique is that really the, the route to get a bachelor's degree in, in four years, all right, is, is not, like, it, it's not different from, really from, from school to school, right? So, so like, like in your undergraduate coursework in the United States, it's a, it's a pretty standardized four years, you know, with, with the first two years at any school in the U.S. being comprised of your general core curriculum, a, a, as well as the coursework, uh, the introductory coursework that, that gets you prepared for further study in, in a particular field. All right, the, the final two years, all right, the third and fourth year of a four-year degree in the United States um, is that's that's where it becomes very specific to the 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 particular area that that 
you know, you're, you're studying in, right? It, it becomes more hands-on and more specifically geared to, to having you complete a degree in a specific field, where the first two years is, is more, more generalized, right? Um, but again, the, I guess one of the things that, that, that makes it different, and, and I'll, I'll use Australia as an example because that, this, is where, this is where we live, but I, I, would, I, would, I would dare say that it's, it's the exact same in, in the UK from what I've seen. It's the same in New Zealand. It's the same um, in, in, in South Africa and, and the majority of other countries, right? It seems like every university believes that their way of doing things is, is the best, all right, like the, it's it's when you, when you when you go to university in a, in a in a country other than the United States, typically you don't see the the ability to transfer. Let, let's say you did two years at you know Melbourne University, and then you wanted to go um, to to a different university. Well, that that the new university that that you're trying to apply to, all right very seldomly will accept credits from another university because they want you to do it their way. Well, if you're going to get a university from, or if you're going to get a degree from this university, then you're going to do the whole thing our way uh, because then we, we, we can rest assured that, that you've been educated in the way that, that, that we believe you should be. All right. Um, and, and that, that, that's a clear cut difference, right? That's a clear cut difference to, to what you find in, in the United States where coursework is, is easily transferable from school to school. And and look, you'll find a, a a little bit more resistance, you know, in in the third and fourth year of study, with with credit transfer because that that is when a, a school in the states wants to put their own sort of personal touch on some of the coursework that that, that a student is completing. But but still, for for the most the, the first two years that that you complete at any school typically transfers with you to any other school should you want to change that, right? Now, I'll, I'll, again, use myself as an example here, all right? So I started out um, going to school. My, my first semester of, of college was, a, was at a school called Howard Payne University in Texas. All right? I, I went to Howard Payne, and I thought it was going to be great, all right? Well, after one semester, I, I, I determined that I didn't want to be there anymore. All right. And, and I completed, you know, a full load of five classes in, in that semester. Um, and, and I was studying exercise science. Right. So so this example will be specific to exercise science and, and will explain how things work in the United States and go from sort of school to school. Right. So so I decided not I'm going to leave Howard Payne and I'm going to transfer to another school that, that, that suits me better. All right. So I transferred to Austin Community College in Austin, Texas. Yes, I transferred from a university to a junior college. Oh, well, why would you do that, Matt? Isn't the, the, the education at the university better than what's offered at a junior college? No, it's the exact same in the first and second year. So what I did is I took all those credits that I, that I earned from Howard Payne University, and I, and I transferred those over to Austin Community College. All right, and, and then I picked up in my second semester at, at Austin Community College and did the next you know, year and a half to, to, to complete all of my, my first and second year requirements for, for exercise science, right? And, and that, that was the, that first two years. And, and again, you, this will be the exact same for any course of study that, that, that you think of. There will be slight differences in terms of the, you know, the introductory coursework that is specific to the field in which you were studying. But, but the, the first two years of, of, of coursework is, is always laid out the same throughout the United States, 
All right, every state, you you know, a- anywhere. All right, you, your your first two years of coursework is consistent of your general core curriculum, which I'll explain in a minute, as well as the introductory coursework for your specific field of study. All right, my specific field of study was exercise science, um, but so so I had one year worth of general core curriculum, which there was English composition one and two, there was speech, there was keyboarding, there was college algebra, uh, there was some social sciences like history, economics, um, you know, and, and you can you can sort of choose the, the classes that you want to take to meet all those general core curriculum requirements. All right, and, and, then, and then my second year sort of, of coursework or, or the other year worth of coursework were things that were specific to exercise science, like, you know, biology, anatomy, physiology, cellular molecular biology, chemistry, all right, human growth and development, um, you know, care and prevention of athletic injuries, um, and I can go on, right? So, so my coursework in the first two years was comprised of my general core curriculum of, of English and math and those sort of things, history, and, 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 then, and then the other year of coursework was all of my introductory science coursework that, that would then allow me to, to, to make you know, further strides in my education in year three and four that are specific to exercise science, like kinesiology, biomechanics, advanced physiology, actually working hands-on with people, right? And, and, and so you see that consistent progression from, you know, from, from more general in the first couple years to more specific in the third and fourth year, all right? And, and that's where, you know, looking at, looking at my experience, I, I did my first term at Howard Payne University, transfer that with me to Austin Community College. All right, I, I did the next year and a half at, at Austin Community College to, to get all of my general core and, and my prerequisite coursework completed. All right, and then I transferred um, to a completely different state to a school called Waldorf College um, where, where, I, where I did the, the, the next two and a half years of, of my degree. And, and look, I, I graduated, I, I did a double degree exercise science sports medicine I did the first two years at, at two different schools. I did the last two and a half years at, 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 a, at a different school. All of my coursework transferred with me from one state to another to Waldorf. I, I continued as a third year student at Waldorf. I graduated two years later, right? And, and he, here's where, like, I, I've got a real problem with, you know, when, when people put on their judgy face, you know, they, they want to judge you for, uh, what, what school did you go to? And, and I say, oh, Waldorf College. Oh, I've never heard of that. You, you know, well, okay. Well, you, yeah, you can look it up. Oh, look. yeah, I've looked it up. They're, they're not even ranked. Whoa. Whoa, judgy pants. All right. Well, well, there's a reason that they're not ranked. And, and it's because of what I've told you before about how rankings actually come into play. No, they, you know, no school in the United States that only offers undergraduate coursework up to the point of a bachelor's degree will hold a global ranking. Only schools that offer postgraduate coursework, master's, PhD, doctorate, you know, all, all that sort those schools will have global rankings. All right. So, so somebody that puts their judgy pants on and tells me that the education that I received from Waldorf College, as well as, you know, Austin Community College and, and Howard Payne. So my, my four year track, what wasn't a good one, because because the school that I graduated from doesn't have a global ranking, I, I'm I'm sorry, but you're you're wrong, all right. And and that is a very ignorant judgment to make because if if someone's making that judgment, they they clearly they don't understand how the the system actually works, 
All right. So look, I, I'm not taking anything away from, you know, going, going to a school that has a, a, a high ranking. If, if you're wanting to accomplish something that, you know, that, that needs to be accomplished at, at, at the postgraduate level. Right. So, so, but, but you don't, I guess the, the biggest thing is that you don't have to like, if yeah, you don't have to start and finish at the same school, right? Even when it comes to a postgraduate degree. So, so again, using my own example um, or, or using my own experience as the example here, right, is, you know, your, your ability to, to get into a university's postgraduate program, right? Like, like law or, you know, master's of business administration or, you know, physiotherapy program or, or, or something like what, whatever that, that coursework is at the postgraduate level that, that's going to be offered at, at the university, right? Like you, you can't, you can't just a, a apply and get in. You, you have to have the grades to be able to get into those programs, right? And, and, and your ability to get into a postgraduate program and what university that, that you'll be able to get into at a postgraduate level is going to be dependent upon your grade point average in your undergraduate studies, right? So, so for me, right, e- even though I went to three different schools, Howard Payne, Austin Community College, uh, and, and Waldorf College, all right, I graduated with a 3.8 grade point average out of four points, you know, four possible. So 3.8 out of a 4.0, I was an academic All-American. I graduated with honors. All right. So, so for me, I then had the choice of, of then continuing my studies into, you know, a master's of physiology or a master's in biomechanics, or I could have gone into a physiotherapy program, or I could have gone into a, a sports medicine program at, at a university that offers, you know, that, that honors level, master's level coursework in, in those specific fields if I wanted to, all right? And, and, and I could have gotten, even though I went to Waldorf College that, that doesn't have a global ranking, the fact that I made good enough grades to, to then get into, you know, a, a master's program or, or a postgraduate program really at, at, at my choice of schools, right? Like that's how it works in the US is that, okay, you, you know what? Let, let's say that, yeah, you want to go to Harvard, all right? You want to go to Harvard, you want to get a law degree from Harvard, all right. Does that mean that you have to, to do your bachelor's degree at Harvard? No, it doesn't. All right. You, you can go and do your bachelor's degree at three different schools, exactly like I did. And, and as long as your grades are high enough in, in those first four years of study to the point of your bachelor's degree. All right. Then you, you, you go and you pass the board exams that you need to pass, you know, with, with the LSAT to, to, to get into law school. All right. The, the combination of your undergraduate grade point average and your entry exam into law school, that will determine your suitability to go to Harvard or not. Not the fact that, that you, you did your undergraduate degree at Harvard, right? Because you, you could go to Harvard, do your bachelor's degree, all right, not have a high enough grade point average or, or, or high enough entrance exam to get into Harvard's postgraduate law program. All right. And, and then adversely, you could go to three different schools like I did, make high enough grades and then apply and get into Harvard's postgraduate law program. All right. So so you always have a way of accomplishing what you want to accomplish as, as long as you're putting in the effort and wherever you're applying to school is, is suitable to your academic interests. All right. Your your academic achievement. All right. Um, you know, and, and then. 
th- those are the, the, the two things that, that are super important. But then if you're also going to be playing sport, all right, or, or you're going to be doing, um, you, you know, performing arts or you're, you're going to be doing visual arts or, or anything extracurricularly, all right, then, then just as important as your academic achievement uh, and, and, and results are to, to be able to get into that university, the, the, the exact same emphasis needs to be put on how your abilities in, in whatever extracurricular interests that you have, how those abilities compare to the school that you're applying to. Because if academically it makes sense, but athletically it doesn't, then that's not the best school for you if you want to have sport as part of your experience. Same thing with performing arts. If, if academically it makes sense, but you know, you're, you're not as talented in the arts as, as what that school specific program requires you to do, you, you, you can't just decide, yep, I'm going to go to this school because it's academically suitable and I'm going to do performing arts there as well. Well, no, you audition for that. All right. Just like you don't just get into a school and say, yep, I'm going to go and play basketball there. All right. Because I really want to. Well, no, you, you don't do that because you're, you get recruited for that based on your suitability. All right. So, so again, you're, you're starting to see it, uh, why it's not about what is the best university in the United States. It's about what's the best university that complements you and, and, and all of your interests. All right. And, and if, and if one of your interests is being able to continue your studies at, at a, at a postgraduate level, master's, doctorate, PhD, what, whatever it is, um, you know, at, at that postgraduate level, then, you know, and, and if you have particular schools in mind that you would like to attend for your postgraduate studies, then you better make sure that you do everything that you need to do in your undergraduate studies to be admissible into that postgraduate program, even if you don't attend that university through your undergraduate studies. All right. So I, I hope that I'm not talking in circles here. Right. Um, I, I, I hope that using my own example and 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 giving you the, the understanding of how the, the U.S. Academic, academic system works is, is opening up your eyes to, you know, the, the fact that, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of different variables that have to be researched to find what is the best university for you, all right? Um, so, so, again, what I'm going to do, we, we, a lot of information in this section, but I'm going to put it all together uh, in, in our final section before... Uh, we, we cap this whole thing off. So we'll do that in just a minute. We'll be right back. All right. So I hope you're all still with me. All right. That it's all starting to make a little bit more sense. But in this last session, uh, excuse me, in this last section, um, I'm going to put it all together. All right? I'm going to put it all together and I'm going I'm to tell you where the best university in the U.S. for you actually is. All right. Because that that's the real, the real thing here. Not, not what's the best university in the United States, but what's the best university in the United States for you. All right. So let, let's, let's put it all together. All right. The, the best school for you first and foremost is the one that complements your academic interests to start with. All right. If, if, if whatever school it is that, that you want to go to, if it, if it doesn't offer what you want to study, then I don't know why you want to go there. Right? Um, so, so that's the first thing. The, the, the finding the best university for you first starts with finding the one that the one or ones, because there will be tons of them out there that offer what you want to study, but finding the ones that offer what you're interested in studying. All right. Secondly, of the schools that offer what you want to study, which ones complement your nine through 12 or nine through 13, if you're in New Zealand or the UK, all right, 
your, your high school academic grade point average. All right, so, so the more prestigious an institution is, the higher that your grades need to be. All right, if your grades were average or low, then, then no, you won't be applying to Harvard, even though you want to go there really, really bad. All right, sorry, that, that wouldn't equal the best university for you. So the best university for you is one that first offers what, what you want to study, and, and then of the ones that offer what you want to study, the ones that you're able to gain admission into with your academic grades from 9 through 12 or from high school, uh, as well as ones that, that complement your SAT scores, right? your entry scores. All right. So, so those now, again, finding the best university for you, and, and this is a personal choice. All right. Do you want to go to a school that, that you, you, you just scrape into, all right, based on those results, meaning that, that you're, you're, you know, you're certainly not above you, you know, their, their, their standards of admission, um, you're, you're, you're on par with their standards of admission. Um, but you know, if, if you get admitted to that school with, with, you know, scraping by, then, then you can probably bet that, that there won't be any, you know, additional academic scholarship or anything that you earn for those results. If you're just coming in at their, their, their bottom sort of expectation of, of applicants. All right. The other side, the way to look at it is, okay, well, yep, I can get into these schools with my grades, but I won't get any scholarship there. Or I can get into these schools and my results are actually above their, their average level of achievement, which means that if I go to these schools, not only do I get to study what I want um, and, and I can gain admission to them, but because of my academic results, I, I'm, I'm able to qualify for additional scholarships, right? That, there's a variable that you have to decide, is that important to you or not? All right. Um, and that that will come down to, you know, again, your, your, your family's personal budget and what, what they're able to spend. But I'll talk about that in a minute. So. Um, so, yeah, the, the those are the three sort of most important things. Are, are you just wanting to get into a school that, that you can that, that you scrape by with the entry requirements? Or do you want to go to a school where, you know, you're you're above the curve and, and, and they reward you in, in, in scholarship funding because your, your results are, are above you know, their, their normal standards of entry. All right. And, and I think that that's a, that's an interesting point that I just sort of need to make on the fly, right? Like, like just because your, your grades are higher than, than, than what the university requires you to enter, that, that doesn't, that has zero bearing whatsoever on the academic experience that you're going to have at that university that, okay, you're, you're above them. So, so you, 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 you're not going to get a good enough academic experience there. No, no, that, that, that's not it at all. Like, if you're a good student, you can continue to be a great student anywhere. And, and you can have a completely different academic experience that's full of high-achieving grades than, you know, while, while somebody at, at potentially the same school that, that's not as solid academically as you can, can you know, still achieve and, and get a degree, right? Like, all that means that when a school has a, a, a you know, lower standards for admission is, is that... They're providing opportunities to a wider range of, of individuals to be able to get an education there. All right. So so it's yeah, like you, you, you shouldn't put your judgy pants on and say, oh, no, I'm above this. I'm above this because my grades are better. Well, well, if your grades are better, good. Then that could be a reason that you get scholarship. Whereas if you go somewhere where, where your grades just just barely get you in. All right. Then then great. Yeah, you'll get in. But but that's about the extent of it. All right. So, so putting that into perspective, right? Like 
you know, talk, let, let's, we, we've been using Harvard as an example, right? Like, if you don't have perfect grades coming out of high school and a perfect SAT score, then, then look, Harvard probably isn't the best university for you to apply to initially. Does, does that mean that you have no chance of ever going to Harvard? No. Because like I said, you, you, can, you can go and do your undergraduate studies at a completely different university. And, and, if, and if going to Harvard is, is, is something that's very, very important to you, then, then all you need to understand is that you need to make you know, a 4.0 grade point average throughout all four years of your undergraduate degree to get to a bachelor's degree with a 4.0 GPA with honors and, and, and then apply to Harvard as a postgraduate student, you know, then, then you've, you've proven that you're, you're of that standard. Whereas if, if, if you haven't proven that coming out of high school because your grades aren't, aren't perfect from the minute that you knew what grades were, all right, then, then yeah, then Harvard's not going to be the, the right school right away. But, but like I said, if you want it to be the right school, then you can always make it the right school by putting in the work, energy, and effort to to, to make the grades that you need to, to be considered for admission in, in, into Harvard. All right. So, so if you're, if you don't have perfect grades and a perfect SAT score, then Harvard isn't the best university in the U S for you. In, in the same way, if, if Harvard doesn't offer what you want to study, then Harvard isn't the best university for you, even though it, it's a, it's a, one of the best universities in the world. All right. You could say the same with, you know, Columbia and University of Penn and any of those Ivy Leagues. You could say the same thing, you know, for, for Northwestern, which is outside the Ivy League. You could say the same for University of Michigan, University of Texas and University of Washington. And man, I could go on Stanford, right? Like I go on and on and on and on and on and list all these schools that, you know, but, but it, it's about narrowing the ones that are, are the right universities for you, right? And, and just like we... You, you narrow those universities by ones that offer what you want to study and, and, and you narrow those by offer by looking at ones that that would allow you to gain admission based on your academic standards. All right. If if you want to be an athlete, then you, you have to put equal respect into finding schools that not only complement your, your academic interests first and foremost, um, but but also complement your your standard of participation in your sport. You know, if, if, if you're academically good enough for, to go to Harvard, all right, but athletically you're not good enough to go to Harvard, then you can go to Harvard as a student, but you won't be playing sport there. And, and if playing sport there is, you know, if, if playing sport in college is something that you want, then again, you need to put equal emphasis on researching schools that complement your, your sporting standards, right? Plain and simple. Same thing artistically, you know, if, if you want you know, visual arts, performing arts, um, any of those types of activities to be part of your experience, then not only do you need to look at schools that, that offer what you want to do academically that you can gain admission into academically based on your grades, but also ones that complement your artistic standards. All right, same thing for anything extracurricularly. All right, it's all the same. All right, first and foremost, it will be looked at based on your academic results. But then if you're wanting to do anything that involves that school's extracurricular side, then, then you need to research those extracurriculars and make sure that your abilities in those extracurriculars are on par with what is on offer at that university. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So look, now, now those are all... I'm, I, I've left out one very, very critical piece and, and I've done that on purpose. Right, because 
if you sit there and you do all the research for you know the schools that offer what you want to study all right the schools that you can gain admission into all right the ones that you'll you'll complement athletically or artistically or extracurricularly in any way all right those are all great things all right but the the most important thing is is financially all right if if all those things tick all the boxes all right. Yep. You found ten universities that are that are the best universities in the U.S. for you. All right. But they don't complement your financial capabilities, based on the fact that they're going to be too expensive, or you're not able to qualify for uh, enough scholarship to begin with to make them affordable. All right. If 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 you if you've done all that research, but but the, the the university is not, you know, going there and studying there is not going to be affordable. Um, to, to begin with, as well as sustainable for the course of your education, then I'm sorry, but that's not the best university for you. All right, and, and there's always another way. There's always a way to, to get the academic outcomes that you want, the extracurricular experience that you want at, 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 a, at a way that is affordable. There's always a way. So, so that, you know, just as important as finding um, your what, what schools offer, what you want to study academically, just as important as, as finding the ones that you can gain admission into. Uh, it, it's, it's also looking at ones that are going to complement your family's financial contributions. All right. If, if, if you have a limited budget, then you need to be very, very strategic about how you go about, you know, your, your four year pathway, um, you know, to, to make it affordable. If, if, if you have no budget because money is no option, then go wherever you want to go. All right. But, but that's very few people. And, 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 a, and a lot of people are trying to embark on this journey and, and, and have this experience on a budget. So, so therefore it, it's, it's about being able to research and understand all the different ways that, that you can get a bachelor's degree and get an education at, at, at a, at a cost that is, affordable and sustainable throughout the, the, the course of your studies. All right. So, so again, it's, it's, it's looking at schools that offer what you want to study. It's, it's looking at schools that, that you can gain admission into based on your grades. And, and really, if you're on a budget, it's about finding the schools where your academic results put you above the curve to where uh, if, if it's a bigger, more expensive school, then, then you can qualify for some scholarship to, to help bring those costs down. All right. And, and then if you want to do extracurriculars, then it's about finding the ones where your extracurricular interests also are, are, are suitable and, and potentially have avenues for scholarship. Because a combination of academic scholarship plus any athletic or performing arts or extracurricular type scholarships are all added together to decrease the total cost of an institution down to an amount that hopefully is deemed to be affordable and sustainable for you as a family. All right, so that is how you find the best university in the United States for you. It's not just about finding the best university. All right, there, there's so much more that needs to be considered, and, and there are so many different factors that come into play in, in finding that, um, especially in, in a system like the United States that, that has a, a, a pretty standardized undergraduate approach across the board and four and a half thousand different schools that offer you. The, the chance to study in, in a direction that interests you. All right. So, so again, it's a massive undertaking. Uh, and, and for all those students that, you know, that are a part of the IM360 program, you don't have to worry about a thing. We're, we're here to do that for you. All right. We ask you for certain information and materials to, 
to, to be able to help us find those schools that, that complement you in every single way. If, if you're not an IM360 student or student athlete, then, then look, you should be, but I won't, I'll, I'll leave that to you, right? Uh, if, if you're, you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to do this and navigate this by yourself, then, then I hope this episode was helpful in, in, in pointing out all the different things uh, that, that will help you find the best university in the United States for you. Because that's what it's all about. It's not about just finding the best university out there. It's about finding the best university or college that complements you and what you bring to the table. So that is episode 107, Done and Dusted. Thank you guys for your attention. Um, uh, again, if you, you're looking at us uh, on, on YouTube, make sure you click that red subscribe button. Follow us. Um, follow us on Facebook. Give us a like while you're there. Um, give us your star ratings and, and, and feedback on any of the podcast apps, iTunes, Spotify, um, Podcast Now. I can keep rattling them off, but those are the top three that, that, that are in my head. Um, but, but again, keep providing your ratings. Keep providing your feedback. Keep us the number one show in the world for U.S. college recruitment. And, and keep listening, guys, because we love you. We need you. Um, and, and all your feedback is what helps us create um, new topics and new information to discuss. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you back next week for episode 108. What will be the topic? I'll tell you next week. See you guys. Bye-bye.